Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hi, I'm Don Braid. Uh, this is Inside Alberta. I'm with Chris Varco, our business columnist, and we got a lot to talk about today. Chris is going to take over the coordination of this because this is a complex business with all kinds of interesting polls, new information about what's going on in this election campaign that is just absolutely, in my view, riveting the province in a way I have not seen since the end of the 2015 campaign when it was evident that, that the NDP could actually win the thing. This is a passionate... Uh, divided, poisonous, bitter, uh, with some good stuff, too. (laughs) 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 Campaign already. Chris, over to you. Five days in. We're sitting here five days in. It feels like it's been going on for a month in many ways because so much has happened. There's been such a, uh, as you point out, a very divisive, prickly divide. I think prickly is the word that uh, Rachel Notley, the NDP uh, leader, used on Friday here in Calgary to talk about the issue. But I think you and I have talked a little bit about this uh, privately, about this really is the debate between trust, who do you trust to lead this province versus who do you trust to lead the economy? And I think we've really seen those sharp divisions emerge in the last little while. We've seen some polls, looking at a couple of polls right now, which have talked about what are the main issues. So there was a poll by Think HQ, Public Affairs, uh, Mark Henry's firm, and he found that the number one issue among Albertans, or at least the issue that most concerns them, was having a government citizens can trust. 88% of people said that was very or somewhat important. Yeah, let's dig at that for a minute. Now, if okay, my impression is that everybody who supports the uh, UCP trusts the UCP and not the NDP and vice versa. So if the polls show the UCP is way ahead, that issue would actually play to the UCP. And, of course, what the NDP is trying to do daily is break down the trust in Jason Kenney personally. Right. I think they're trying to bomb the bridges of his credibility uh, as it relates to those issues, and we've seen that, and we'll get to that later. I know you want to talk about the whole kamikaze issue. But going back to the poll, the number two issue was the economy. Number three was supporting pipelines. Number four was the unemployment issue. And the number five was government handling debt and deficits. What I find interesting there is you don't see the perennial favorites, healthcare education or environment they are not on the list do you know what can i tell you why i think that is i think it's because healthcare is leveler now it's not perfect waiting lists are still bad there's still all kinds of problems but in the healthcare system of which i have been a fairly frequent consumer lately there is a kind of relaxed relaxed attitude because they know they don't have to worry about where the next day's funding is coming from for this or that program people i talk to in the system are actually pretty happy with the way things are going consequently and and 
uh, you know, the people who are in the healthcare system are not complaining the way they used to. Patients, I mean, the way they used to. So it's surprising to see healthcare down near the bottom. Really shocking. Um, and I think that's why we're not seeing it being made such a really big deal about, except the NDP is trying to convince us that the UCP would privatize. Of course, they always do. Right. We, we saw an Angus Reid Institute poll, which came out on Friday morning, a slightly different, slightly different uh, assessment of the rankings there. Their number one issue was that they found among Albertans was energy, so oil and gas and pipelines. That was the number one issue, followed by jobs and unemployment being number two. Healthcare didn't rank till number five. So wow. again, wow. healthcare really seems to not be the sort of the divisive vote-getting issue that we've seen in the past. This really comes back to economy as being the top concern. So what about pipelines in the economy? And the, there's all kinds of stuff going on with that, which you're very familiar with. So give us a brief, give us a briefing, Chris. Sure. Well, you can we, bill us. <laughs> we've had <laughs> lots of discussion already about the pipeline issue, and Friday. We pretty much had all the parties uh, gearing up to talk about it as well. Now, the question is, and, and I was talking to Chris Bloomer, he's the head of the Canadian Energy Pipeline Association, and I s- talked to him on Tuesday, the day of the election call, and he said, yeah, everybody's going to talk about it, and they're all going to have the same position, which is, yeah, we need pipelines being built, but it's a federal issue. And he said to me, there's no magic wand to be waved here. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know that's a really important point to consider. Everyone's going to wring their hands about the fact that we need pipelines. It's obvious that we need pipelines, but who can really do anything about it? I, mm-hmm. I think that's the one thing that we need to remember. The other thing that we've seen this issue that I think is interesting was the debate about energy diversification. Yes, and we exactly. saw that from uh, Premier, well, NDP leader now, Rachel Notley, still a Premier, yeah. but in this context, the NDP leader, and she has promised to double down on the NDP's plan for energy diversification and the subsidies and incentives that they will give to petrochemical firms and companies looking to build, you know, natural gas infrastructure and, and uh, upgrading, partial upgrading. Mm-hmm. So up to $7 billion over the next decade. And it really is a delineation point for the NDP, I think, is that they're trying to frame the fact that, look, we're going to be interventionist in the sense that we're going to specifically try and stimulate an area of the economy that we think we have a natural advantage in, which is an energy, yeah. but we have to do with the pocketbook, the taxpayers, in other words. On the other side, you've got Jason Kenney with a very different kind of approach saying, and this is an approach that most economists favor, I might add, saying you're better to do things that affect and impact more than just one company, that affect the broad economy. And what they're going for is obviously the lower tax rates, uh, lowest corporate Well, not least promises on this are are spectacular. I mean, it was only a few weeks ago that she announced one of the incremental things that they're already doing on on refining, and she said it would bring in $50 billion worth of investment, and now she's up the ante to $75 billion, which which they're promising. Well, and that would, I take it, um, involve something like $10 billion in government subsidies, something in that? $7 billion, yes. $7 billion. Well, that's a lot of money, and these, these projects can go sour. And uh, you have an excellent column today talking about exactly that, what the, what the substan- very substantial risks are. I'll just throw in one more thing. The uh, federal Senate is right now looking at Bill C-48, okay? And guess what? It's in the Transport Committee of the Senate. Bill C-48 is the so-called tanker ban. It's not a tanker ban. It's an Alberta product ban. They're not even sending anybody to – they're doing hearings. They're sending people to B.C., but not to Alberta. Uh, that whole and this plays into this whole refining thing because if we, if there is going to be massive refining capacity, we need to get that stuff out of here. And one of the ways to get it out to Asia, things like propane, would be a pipeline to the north coast of BC. But clearly, the Liberals don't have that in mind for us. 
<laughs> plays into the narrative, the broader narrative, though, that Alberta and Alberta's energy sector is mm-hmm. being ignored on the federal level, and that's why we're hearing so much talk about it. Um, you wanted to talk a little bit about the, the other issue that really transpired at the beginning of the week and even, frankly, over the weekend, and that is the questions about the leadership race uh, on, the, on the UCP party. So talk a little well, bit, Don, you know, to Chris, us about it's where amazing. that goes. Last weekend, this issue was so hot. Uh, there were stories every day. Uh, there's McLean's broke a story about a sixty million, uh, sorry, sixty thousand dollar payment uh, from a private company in Edmonton that, that the fellow who was involved himself says he dole packaged out to others to donate to Jeff Calloway's campaign, which it is said was helping Jason Kenney's campaign. The, this is important stuff. There, there are some serious offenses could be involved here. There may even be criminal offenses, and the RCMP is looking at it now. Just three or four days ago, that was red hot. Then all of a sudden, boom, the election gets called. And where is it? Well, it's it's still there. In fact, there were some uh, some new fines uh, for one person just announced the other day. Right. It, you hardly saw it in the media because the campaign is taking over everything. And the NDP was clearly hoping this would percolate and bubble and be a big story during the campaign itself. But the campaign is such a hot issue, and, and there's so much going on with all these announcements every day. Uh, that that it really has kind of gotten buried. I mean, the, the modern media only has so much capacity to cover things, and you know, you do your best, but holy smoke, there's uh, there's only a certain amount of oxygen in an election campaign. We <laughs> all we all know that, and, and it gets consumed quickly. <laughs> um, what about the uh, attack ads that the uh, you, you wrote a little bit about this this week? What the attack ads that the NDP have taken yeah. out about? Uh, well, Mr. this Kenny. is the the trust thing, right? They're trying to say you can't trust Kenny because he had a record. Uh, years ago that's totally at variance with what he's saying now. And the one there, the one they've dug into in, in, San, in San Francisco is when he was a student at the Jesuit University there, he, he fiercely fought um, uh, pro-abortion demonstrations on the campus. And also it's alleged, well, it, we know that he opposed the same-sex marriage uh, ordinance uh, and the extension charge there, uh, stated very vociferously by Derek Fildebrand of all people, is that that prohibited gay people with with dying partners from seeing their partners in hospital because you had to be supposed to have visitation rights. So that's a very powerful emotional charge. The NDP went so far as to send a, a person, a staff person apparently down to San Francisco, hired a videographer and they interviewed people, the, the videos all over the place online, interviewed people who were, were supposedly victimized by this prohibition of visiting. Uh, this is, and Kenny, of course, says that that was then, this is now, he didn't have anything to do with stopping people from visiting their spouses. He had no uh, no intention of having that, that result or that impact. But how far does this go? I, what I'm seeing, Chris, is that yeah, there are a lot of people who don't trust Jason Kenney, but they're usually on the NDP side. And if you're on the UCP side, people are willing to set a lot aside or say this is all just NDP, hatchet job, fake news, whatever you like. I mean, I, I still think that the the better indicator of the way things are right now is the percentages in the polls for the UCP and the NDP. Lastly, Don, we've seen over the Thursday and Friday all of the party leaders campaigning in Calgary. <laughs> almost all at exactly the same time, I might add. Uh, what should we read into that? What is what is that telling us? Oh, there's only one path to victory for the NDP, and that's win Edmonton, 
get maybe eight or ten seats in Calgary and then win a bunch of seats in the small cities, Lethbridge, Medicine Hat, Red Deer, Grand Prairie, Fort McMurray. Um, th- th- there's a, some potential there for that to happen, but Calgary's the key. If, if the NDP can get as many seats as they got in 2015, 15 seats, uh, they might just be able to pull it off. Uh, uh, but it's been a blizzard of stuff. before. In the two weeks before the election was called, the NDP had made more than a billion dollars worth of promises in Calgary itself. Uh, the riding battles are news in Edmonton. It's much calmer. It seems to be much calmer in, in Edmonton. Uh, where they, they, they may or may not have a substantial lead. You've got one poll there that shows they're only one point ahead of the UCP in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Is that right? That's correct. Wow. Well, some of the other polls show like 10, 15, almost 20 percent gap. Now, I'm told that the NDP has some polls that show they're really doing pretty well in Edmonton uh, and, and, and surprisingly well in Calgary. But what would they tell me? Right. So I think we both know that polls are fickle, yeah. but I think the one thing we can conclude is actions speak loud. And the fact that they're yeah. all in Calgary, yeah. all at the same time, tells you the, the importance of trying to compete for those, as you yeah. say, those 25 seats in the Calgary area. Absolutely. What, lastly, Don, what are you looking for in week two? Well, I don't know how it gets any hotter than this, and they're kind of running out of uh, policy. You know, they've, they've covered the waterfront on economics, pipeline, um, maybe they'll start getting it more into health care, but I see more uh, so-called revelations about Kenny himself. I, I wouldn't be entirely surprised uh, because the UCP is so wildly angry about this. If they don't turn it, you know, they haven't atta- they've attacked Notley uh, vigorously on the political front and her qualities as a leader and all those sorts of things, but they've never attacked her personally. So look out for the UCP to say, hey, it plays both ways. We're going to start going after you people personally for your records as well. Well, stay tuned uh, for week two. It's going to be an interesting one. 